live in a world bombarded with noise. Advertising, social media, self-help initiatives, and an unending amount of information at our fingertips. With so many voices competing for our attention and attempting to direct our lives, how do we know which one to listen to? And in the midst of the noise, how do we determine the will of God? Can his voice be heard above all the others? Tune in and listen. So tonight, I want us to be ready just to um, receive from him tonight because there is a word that he's bringing to us tonight I think will set you on your course. And this word will change your perspective about yourself. I believe, some, I believe very strongly that he will speak to you as an individual. He will speak to us corporately as a church um, so that we can continue to live the life that he's called us to live, the life of a champion. Hallelujah. He's called us to live the life of a champion. Hey, come on. He's called us to live the life of a champion. A champion, a champion. And champions don't keep quiet. Champions are always full of something inside, so much confidence. Hallelujah. The life of a victor who's always happy, who, whose hands are always up. You see, you find your hands down, uh, you've not started to live as a victor yet. You know, let your hands be up. Why? Because the war is won, the battle is, is done, and yours is the victory. Praise God. Praise God. So just before we jump in, let's pray. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus Christ, because you are bringing a word to us today that will change the course of our lives. You know, the way we have been positioned might not be the way exactly you want us to go, but tonight there is a change and there's a redirection. And Father, we continue to make room for you to work. We continue to make room for your spirit to lead us. That wherever we go, it will be by your spirit. Not because we willed it. Not because that's where we wanted to go. But let our will be aligned with your ways. In the name of Jesus. So that you will be glorified at the end of the day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Say this with me. I am a possessor. Aha, uh -huh. start again. Praise God. So I'm talking about what I've titled the possessor. Are you the possessor? What does it mean to possess? It means to have. Right? To, to have. To have the right of ownership. And not only just ownership to actually have with you. For, you know, you, you, you build um, a, a house. It might be yours, but if the keys are not in your hand, you've not taken possession yet. Right? But once you have the keys and you moved into the house, you've taken possession. You've become the resident of that house. You might own a house, but you might not be the resident of that house. But we want to own and reside. We don't want to own and another person enjoys it. Because that is not meant for God's people. That's meant for the evil man. The evil man amasses 
you know, treasures. But guess what? It's the good man that enjoys it. Whereas us being God's people, we amass treasure and we enjoy it. And in our enjoyment, we give out more. Praise God. So, hey, we are, or rather, I don't know about you, but I am a possessor. I'm a possessor of eternal things, eternal realities. Praise God. I'm a possessor of eternal realities. And those eternal realities I'm bringing to bear upon my very uh, present in the name of Jesus. I'm bringing that to bear. Woo, glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Okay, so tonight, it's your opportunity to scream if you need to. Okay? Don't look at someone sitting on your side. Just, just yell out. Yell out. You know, yell in your spirit. But also learn to yell physically. Because until you yell it out physically, it's not yours yet. You know that? Oh, you've got to take hold of it. You've got to take hold of it. You know, my son, every time he asks for something, I say, uh-huh. You know, to me, that means yes. He, he still goes ahead to ask me, do you mean yes or no? Because he wants me to say it. You see, it's your responsibility to say yes, to accept it. Hallelujah. I'm a possessor. Possessor. Ha, ha, ha. Ah. Hallelujah. Let's start from Ephesians chapter number one. So you might be thinking, you know, some people probably, you know, in here on, or online. And by the way, for those of you joining us online, God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us. You see, you're not just there to add to numbers. You're there for something special. You know, your time is not going to be wasted tonight, I tell you. Uh, there is a change in the atmosphere, and I want you to join in with us and experience this change in the name of Jesus. There's so much to be done, so much to be achieved, so much to be accomplished. And we are just about getting started in the name of Jesus. Ephesians chapter number 1, verse 1. It says, Paul, an apostle, special messenger. Actually, may I read from uh, the, uh, the King James Version. I like the way he puts it. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Jesus Christ. Now, question for you. Um, he was talking about the saints which are at Ephesus. But interestingly, the saints that he was talking to back then are no more. They're gone. And yet you still have the letter. What does that mean? That the letter has been meant for you. So in as much as he was referring to the saints back then in Ephesus, or yeah, in Ephesus, now he's referring to you at the trans edge. Praise God. So here, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, is writing to you, saints at the trans edge. And, and you can pause there for a moment and just, you know, ascertain who you are for a moment. He said to the saints, I thought saints are those who are dead and gone. But saints here that he was talking to are saints who are alive, God's people. So you are saints. So first and foremost, he was referring to himself as, as an apostle 
by the will of God and now referring to us as saints. He's sending a message to you. Would you receive the letter and read it? Mm. Hallelujah. Let's look at that again. So Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, says, Grace be to you, and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, Grace be to you. Say amen to that. Grace be to you, and peace. He said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us. Oh, did he just say something about us? He said, he hath blessed us. He hath blessed us. With all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Let me give you an idea of a spiritual blessing. An idea of a spiritual blessing. Um, now, let, let's say, for example, this, this piece of paper here is a check. Right? And on this check, I wrote $50 million. Whoops. Ah, glory to God. Someone is smiling. How lovely. I wrote $50 million. Right? And I give it to you. Ah, glory to God. See, some people are claiming already. How lovely. And I give it to you. $50 million stands for, or rather the check stands for $50 million. Provided you know my capacity. So let's say, for example, that you know that I'm way above $50 million. Would you doubt that the check will bounce? Yes, you would doubt. Because the check will not bounce. All right? Because you know I have the capacity to cover that. For some people, they don't have the capacity to issue checks that, that are not bounceable. You know, just issue check. Leave me alone. Just take. Go and cash it. And then it bounces. And that's all trouble. But, but what I'm saying here is this. So long as you are in possession, aha, uh -huh, of the check, yes. you are confident that the $50 million is yours. Yeah. Yeah. But do you have the cash at home? Do you have the cash at home? You do because you've got the check someone said. All right? And that's the way I want you to understand spiritual blessing. So consider, for example, the, spirit, the spiritual blessing is the check. It's not physically the cash. You don't take the check to the shops and say, I want to buy groceries, so subtract from the check. 
you know, $50 worth of grocery. You don't take it to the restaurant, a $50 million check and go, I'm rich, I have the money to pay you, subtract from the check. No, why? Because the check is unusable for grocery, for entertainment or whatever else you want to spend it on. It's unusable in this realm. Are you still here? The check is unusable in this realm. The check is only usable in the bank. So the only set of people that will accept the check from you are the banks. But once you deposit the check, you can make use of what the check represents, which is the cash. Now, when it talks about the spiritual blessing, spiritual blessing is unusable at the filling station. You've got to cash in on them. The spiritual blessings are the check. It is with you. But would you take it to the bank? So you are a possessor. But would you bring it to bear on the physical? Are you still here? Did I lose you? Okay, so you let me know if I've lost you. But if I've not lost you, still let me know because I've got to hear your voice tonight. Praise God. So here he said, blessed be the, father, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. How is that useful to you here in earthly places? But I want you to understand, he said, he hath blessed us. He's not about to bless us. He hath already blessed us. With all spiritual blessings. <laughs> Praise God. With all spiritual blessings. It's just like someone opened an account. And it says anytime that you need money, just draw. And the way you draw is to write on that check. You say, I've already signed all the uh, leaflets of, of, the, um, of the check. But I've not written any, you know, any amount on it. But anytime you need money, just write the amount that you want. Oh, am, I, am, I, am I giving you an idea? Praise God. So just write any amount that you want. And then go to where? Go to the bank and cash it. And once your, your checkbook is running out, the interesting thing with checkbook is that it's got um, a trigger, a trigger leaf. And that trigger leaf is still a check. But when the bank sees that particular leaf, they know it's time to send you a new booklet. They see that they order another one automatically. Can I tell you, my brothers and sisters, that your spiritual blessings does not run dry? Because when you think it's nearing, you know, it's very last portion, there is a trigger in the system. There is a trigger in the system. Let, let me tell you something. We, we had a checkbook that we had for many years, since 2017, and we had already sent out the trigger book or the trigger um, leaflet, and then they ordered one, but we never went to collect it. It was still there because we were not using the checkbook all the time. But it's left with a few now, and I'm wondering. I've got to call them because it's got to come. 
And if you are a, a banker that uses check, the check in, in some banks, you don't pay for the checkbook. They just send it to you because every time you use, spend the check, yeah. they get their money. All right? So they are happy to send you a new booklet anyway. So here it is, that when you think it's running out, it just tops up. But the, my point here is, when we did not send out check, there was no replacement. Are you still here? We've had it for many years now, since 2017, 18, 19, 20, 21, four years. When we stopped issuing checks, guess what? They didn't send us a new one. But, but the interesting thing is, if you continue to issue check, you'll get a replacement. And that is why the possessor of the check needs to issue the check so that you can get new booklets. The, the idea of the new booklet is because you still have more money in the bank to spend. So, in other words, the possessor is the spender. That's your point number one tonight. The possessor is a spender. Mm. He's not a careful spender. Uh, uh. He's the one that spends without considering what is left. Because he knows the more he spends... The mother is a trigger in the system to fill again to the brim. And that is what the spiritual blessing in heavenly places is like. It never runs dry. He said, thanks be to God who had blessed us. Who had blessed us. He didn't say, who had blessed us with spiritual blessing. Have a look at the scriptures. Can you put it up again, please? He said, blessed be God the, Father and, uh, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who had blessed us with Where's the scripture? I'm waiting for it. It's coming. Don't worry, it will come. We'll wait. We'll wait. Hallelujah. Thanks be to God. Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with, what's the next word? Every. Give me King James Version. Thank you. All right, we're going to be quick now. Is that okay? Thank you. Who has blessed us with all? Did you see that? If he had just said, thanks be to God, who has blessed us with spiritual blessings, that's different. It says with all. In other words, the more you use, the more it refills. With all. You see, your father in heaven wants to show that he has everything. He wants to show. And you are how he demonstrates his glory. Do you know the reason why he created you? It's so that he can demonstrate his glory through your life. You are alive. You are bringing him glory just by being alive. By living a good life, you bring him glory. Oh, glory to God. And that's a fact. So he gains no glory when you are living in lack. It doesn't bring glory to him. Actually, what it brings to him is embarrassment. 
So don't live your life embarrassing God. Uh, live your life bringing him glory. Because when you position yourself as a possessor, not as a beggar, but as a possessor, not as a winger, but as a possessor, not as someone who is always afraid and wondering where the next one is going to come from, but as a possessor. You see, possessor does not come into effect without your faith. A man of faith is a possessor. He talked about Abraham. He said, blessed be Abraham of the most high God, possessor of heaven and earth. And so, you see, in some translation, you know, <laughs> I, I wondered at those translations. They said, blessed be God, uh, uh, blessed be Abraham of the most high God, possessor of heaven and earth. So they were referring to God as the possessor of heaven and earth. We already knew that. He was talking about Abraham. He was not talking about God. He already talked about the most high God. So if he's the most high God, that means everything belongs to him. So he doesn't need to retell us that he's the possessor of heaven and earth. He already tells us that God is the one who formed by the word of his power, not even by the words of his hands, by the words of his power, the heavens and the earth. But when he talked about Abraham, he said he is the possessor of heaven and earth. He said, but, but how come Abraham is the possessor of heaven and earth when he's only human and he's only on earth? If you talk about Abraham as a possessor of earth, that's understandable, not a possessor of heaven. But the in interesting thing is that God responds to Abraham's call. He said, blessed shall they be that bless you. He said, I will bless you. He said, I am your blessing. That's what he told Abraham. He said, I am your reward. Oh, come on. He said, I am your reward. I'm your reward. In other words, whatever you do, I am the one that you gain. You gain me. You, you, you serve, you gain me. I'm your reward. I'm your reward. Possessor of heaven and earth. So he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. All spiritual blessings. Alright, something that probably might throw you is the word spiritual. How about put that in parenthesis for a moment and skip it. He has blessed you with all blessings. How about that? In heavenly places. Do you know why? Because everything in heavenly places is spiritual. So you call them forth. Amen. And then he didn't stop there. He said, oh, he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. In Christ. According that he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be, mm -hmm, walk, wait for it, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, not out of punishment, not out of beating you into shape. So that we, that we should be holy and blameless. He says, he already chose you way before you came into the world. That you should be holy without blame. Guess what he called you the first time? He called you saints. Saints. Pure. And don't forget the reason why he calls you that is because you are in Christ. Mm. 
So having predestinated us into the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he had made us, he has made us accepted. Say that with me. I am accepted in the beloved. He has made us accepted. We are not an outcast. We are not the ones who are confused about our identity. We know who we are. I know who I am. I'm accepted. I'm accepted. I'm not just blinking in the dark. I'm not blinking in the dark. The light is on me. Hallelujah. I'm accepted. Accepted. Hmm. There's so much in Ephesians chapter 1, but I'm going to leave you there for a moment. You go back home and study it. Let's look for example, very quickly, uh, Galatians chapter 4. Are you there? Verse number 1. Now I say that the hair, the hair, what does that mean? The inheritor. The one who owns it. The one to whom everything is, be is bequested. The hair. So now I say that the hair, as long as he's a child, differs nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. And that's all the part I wanted to show you. The Bible calls us hairs of the Father. We are joined, uh, did you? We are joined hairs with Christ Jesus. Joint co hairs. Co-owner. Don't be too holy to say that. We are co-owners. So you look at Jesus. And you position yourself in him. I'm co-owner. Co-owner. You see, you know, we're talking about Abraham, possessor of heaven and earth. And this is an additional point, isn't it? Thinking about it. Because Jesus... Is the name above all names. He's Lord of everything, both in heaven, on earth, and below the earth. Right? He's Lord of everything. And once you are in him, it says you are co-owner of the things in heaven and on earth and beneath the earth. You are co-owner. If you don't want to use it, that's your issue. But you are co-owner. If you don't bring it to, to bear upon your present circumstance, that's your own issue. But you are co-owner. So in other words, the hair, as long as, as he is unaware. The hair. The co-owner. The inheritor. As long as he is a child. He said, it does not differ from a servant. 
although he owns everything. That's the point. So the heir owns everything. The heir owns everything. The heir is a possessor. Anyone who is in Christ is a possessor of eternal realities. Is a possessor. So, but as long as he's unaware, as long as he's a child, he's like a servant. He's being treated like every other person. Don't touch that. Don't touch that. You're not ready for that. Don't touch it. You know, it might be his car, but he's not allowed to touch it. Because a child cannot possess. A child's name can be on it, but he cannot possess. So you want to be a possessor. For real, grow up in Christ. Grow up. Because it's only the grown-ups that are possessors. You might be a hare, but you can't possess until you grow up. That's why they are guardians. Even if the father is dead, they put guardians around them. They put executors of the, of the, of the will around them so that other people don't come in and take advantage of the little boy. That's what they call a uh, department of guardianship in Australia. And they are there to protect the rights of minors, of the child, until they reach the age, I think, 16 or 18. If there's any form of money bequeathed to them, it's kept with the guardianship. Until this child grows up. To a point where he can acknowledge and understand. And then, that's when he becomes a possessor. So if you want to become a possessor, grow up. Grow up. As long as you're a child. As long as you're still being begged. As long as you're still being cajoled to do something. You can't be a possessor. Are you still here? As long as you are still praying for you, God touches heart. You can't be a possessor. If your mouth cannot stop gossiping around, you can't be a possessor. If you still think like a baby, the baby you are. It's not your height. It's not how long you've been in the house. You can't be a possessor. The possessor is the one who has become grown up and knows their responsibility. They are not asked or begged. They just do. Hey! David said, I was glad. That's a possessor spirit. I was glad. You want me to come to church? Let's go. I'll be there way before. I was glad possessor spirit I may not have a car but I will walk there possessor spirit they say that, hey as long as it's a child it's not by age it's not when you turn 16 or 18 then you all of a sudden have it that's how the system of the world works but that's not how spiritual law works the spiritual law looks upon Someone who has come to the point of maturity in terms of the things of God. Listen to it. 
Hebrews chapter number 5. Hebrews chapter 5. Verse number 12. It says, For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles. Now he's talking about basics. 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 Basics of driving. Sit down, put on your seat belt. Basics of driving. He said, now you are not supposed to be told, put on your seatbelt anymore. You just sit down, you know, you don't even think about it, you put on your seatbelt. There are some things that are just, you don't have to be reminded. They are just second nature. They become habitual. Think about it. How many of you, you sit in the car about to drive now, if you have you know, a driver's license? And of course, not just everyone who has driver's license, if you have an unrestricted license. Okay? Just saying. There are those who have red P plater. Run from them. They are dangerous. Oh, yeah. You see them coming from afar. Run. An L driver is safer than them. All right. Okay. Some may not like me. It's all right. You know what I'm talking about. Some of them are reckless. You don't want to meet them on the road. I saw one a few days ago. And she passed me. And I looked into the car. I'm like, who is that? And we're on M4. She was driving 150. I'm like, yeah? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Until I that truck blocked her. And she swerved the other way. Swerved and went. You have red. You are driving like this. What will happen when you have green? <laughs> oh, Lord. So here it is. It says, for when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, the basics. The basics that you ought to have known a long time ago. The basics. That when you get to red light, you stop. The basics. The basis. That when you get off your bed, you learn to make it in the morning. The basics. The basics. So you, you're supposed to be teaching others now, but you still have a need for others to teach you. The basics about God. Hmm. He said, and I become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Milk is good for your tummy. It's okay. It won't irritate your tummy. It won't upset your tummy. It's okay. You're so sensitive, emotionally loaded. <laughs> Seriously. You can't say too much. Otherwise, you know, they feel like throwing up. So you give them, you know, milk. Milk. And what are milk? It's okay whenever you can. You know, whenever you can make it, it's all right. Don't disturb you. Is that okay? You are always checking. Is he okay? Are you sure? And they see things not right. And he's going, how come this place is very dirty? Oh, I'm so sorry. It's okay. We'll clean it now for you. 
O thou Prince of Peace. <laughs> oh, God. You still need milk. You still need people to talk you down. So that your anger does not explode and embarrass you. Your emotion is so, is so, is so close to the brim. That we, we, are, we are praying that it does not explode. Always looking for someone to blame. Come on. With that kind of behavior and attitude, you can't be a possessor. Because you are still a child. Although you are the Lord of all, but you can still have it. And you find that you are begging and praying and praying and praying, oh God, why am I not having this? Because of your attitude. Change for goodness sake. Change. How many times will the Holy Spirit talk to you about a particular character, about a particular behavior? Just change. It's not that hard. I'm not saying you won't struggle. But acknowledge that something like that is happening first and foremost. Acknowledge that your behavior right now is a problem. Because until you acknowledge that it's a problem, you can change it. You think it's what makes you big. No, it's actually what makes you small. That's why no, no one can give you more than you can bear. Because any little thing will break you. The job is not fully done. You stand up and walk away. Who's going to finish it? There are people there. They will do it. You're a baby. You need milk. And then you don't get a text message during the week. You are upset. They don't even ask about people. Ah! You need milk. Not solid food. Because solid food will upset your stomach. But it's only solid food that will make you grow. And there are those who need milk who will not listen to this message right now. Because this is solid food. They'll listen halfway, go, no, I don't want to listen to that. What was it talking about? Do you know why? Because this is solid food. And it's upsetting your stomach. I wish you can only just try it for a minute. Chew it, it's okay, it's okay, it's good for you. Chew it, chew it, it won't kill you. For a moment, change your attitude towards God's word. And let it cause you to grow. Ha! Do you know why? Because they are possessors in this place. They are possessors, 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 possessors. You don't have to have been born in a particular place to possess it. Uh, do, do you understand? Check that guy out. You know what his name was? His name was Joshua. We'll come back here. Joshua chapter 1. <laughs> Don't ever limit yourself by your own character. Don't limit yourself by your own perception. Expose yourself to God's word and let it change you from the inside out. Joshua 
<laughs> chapter number one, verse number two. Moses, okay, verse number one. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister. In other words, Moses' servant. Minister is a posh word. He served Moses. And the reason why they used minister, it was because this guy volunteered to be a servant. He was not a slave. He could go whenever he wanted to. He could come whenever he wanted to. But he didn't want to do that. He stayed as though he was a slave, although he was a volunteer. While others are going home, he stays. Are you still here? You see, in the tent of meeting, Moses built a tent for the Lord and him. In the tent of meeting, God will meet with Moses. After they've spoken, Joshua will just hang around. He hangs around. Then Moses finishes, study the scriptures. Moses finishes, Moses stands up and goes home. Joshua remains behind. Just in case the man of God comes back. Just in case there's something that he has forgotten. Just in case I've got to be here for something. Just in case. Just in case God comes in his absence, I can go and call him. Just in case. He stayed back. Now this time, he was Moses' servant. God did not choose any other elder in Israel. He chose Moses' servant. Here it is. So Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all these people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Now verse number three. Can you read it with me, everyone? Verse number three. Come on now. They are still in verse two. Good. Thank you. Verse three. Every place that the sole of your foot. Who is he talking about? Joshua. Every place that was a slave. Are you still here? He was talking to Joshua. Joshua was a slave. Now, God is speaking to an immigrant. Any place the sole of your foot shall touch, I have given to you. Are you still here? How about you? How about you? That you don't even have to walk it to, to have it. I'm not talking about your physical eyes. In other words, as much as you can imagine, a child of God is he who fears the Lord and delights in God's word. He says, his seed, his seed, his seed, his offspring shall be mighty upon earth. When he says mighty, what does that mean? You could consider it in two ways. Mighty in terms of numbers. And mighty in terms of what they can achieve. Say so his seed. Anyone that comes from him shall be mighty upon earth. Anyone. Anything. That is why the Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 4. It says whatsoever is born of God uh, overcomes the world. Overcomes, overcomes. So, so, so the seed of this man of God, of this woman of God, of this boy or girl of God, it says, shall be mighty upon the earth. 
He said, the generation of the upright shall be blessed. Here it is. He said, wealth and riches shall be in his house. Wealth and riches shall be in. And that is the law. He said, shall be in. It's a declaration. Shall be in. In other words, when you get to his house, you will not be surprised that there is wealth and riches. So this guy does not have room for poverty. Why? Because wealth and riches is what fills his house. So no matter how much you take, there's wealth and riches. Hallelujah. Look at it. I said, and his righteousness endures forever. I said, but, but what does that mean? Oh, mere women. You're not just mere human being. No, you're not. No, you're not. Okay, let's not go that way tonight because I, that would take us somewhere else. All right. It says, and his righteousness endures forever. Now, don't forget that the righteousness that you have is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And that righteousness does not fade. And because it's a gift, you continue to own it. It's yours. So when it talks about, and his righteousness shall endure forever, get to understand that the righteousness that you enjoy is the one that you have received as a gift from God. So it continues to go. This righteousness is not dependent on have you done something right or have you done something wrong? Because that was not what was considered before it was given to you. Only one thing was considered before you got that righteousness. Only one thing. Do you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Say, yes, it's yours. It's not, are you tall enough? Are you handsome enough? Are you nice enough? Do you have gap tooth? No, that's not why. <laughs> that's not why. Have you got cis pack? Mm -mm, that's not why. That is not why. Righteousness was impacted upon your spirit. The moment you say Jesus is Lord. And that righteousness endures forever. And who considers the forever is you. As long as you are in Christ, the righteousness endures. Hallelujah. All right. You see, unto the upright, there arises light in the darkness. Unto the possessor, there arises light in the darkness. So in other words, he's not saying there's no darkness. So every form of darkness that you find yourself, light just boom out. And you're wondering, where did it come from? Where did it come from? What is darkness anyway? What's darkness? Darkness is a... Is a <laughs> because you don't recognize darkness if there's no light. And when the light appears, even if it's just a tiny light, darkness starts to disperse. It starts to disappear. And it says, unto the righteous. Why? Because the righteous is as a shining light. It's as a shining light. So unto the righteous, light arises in the darkness. I say, and this possessor, these, these are elements of the possessors. These are, you know, the, these are characteristics of the possessors, right? It says, he is gracious. The possessor is gracious. The possessor is full of compassion. 
The possessor does not look at you because you are nice to him. That's why he's nice to you. The possessor is nice across the board. He's full of compassion and righteous. The possessor is always looking for ways to support others. Not only ways to support himself and his family. When the possessor is dreaming, hey, listen to this. The possessor is dreaming. His dream must include you. Or that dream is not, it's not, it's not real. His dream is always inclusive of everything, everyone around him. He's thinking, when I do get this, it will be a blessing to A and be a blessing to B. And that is why God looks at the possessor and feels him more. Because he knows the possessor has a vision. The possessor did not get there just by accident. He grew into possession. He grew. He became matured. Although he's a lot of all, he has always been a lot of all, but now that he takes charge, it's because he knows what to do. He says, a good man shows favor and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. Are you still here? He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. It's not saying that the evil tidings will not come. But he's not afraid of them. Why? Because evil tidings is meant to discourage him. And what is discouragement? Discouragement is meant to dissuade you or, you know, push you away from seeing the light. Discourages you against something. You say, he shall not be afraid of evil tidings. So you hear evil tidings, you just wait. Don't move. Don't move. Evil tidings in my place? No. It's not part of the inheritance. Evil tidings is not part of the inheritance. But evil tidings will come. You hear it. What does the scripture say? With my ear shall I hear the demise of the wicked. So just say, don't move, don't move, don't run now. It's time to run. Or it's time to stand. It's not time to run. It's not time to run. Don't run. You hear evil tidings? You laugh at it. You laugh at it. And you just stand. Thank you, Lord Jesus. They that wait upon the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord. Lord, I'm waiting. I thank you. And don't let your confession change. Evil tidings, evil tidings, evil news. Don't let your confession change. I'm still here. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, your mind is about to accept you. Say, nah, 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 not today. Not today. Not today. Not today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, while you're there, your mind is going, and, you know, they sent the letter. I said, no, not right now. Not right now. I don't, I don't have the time to contemplate bad news. So, but you know, you need to accept it so that you can move on. No. At the very moment you accept it, you are defeated. No, I'm not accepting that. That's not mine. Thank you so much for the, for the information. This is the end of part one. The message you've heard was produced by the Transformation Edge, and we hope it has inspired you. For more information, please visit our website, www.thetransedge.com. Or you may contact us via email to frontdesk at thetransedge.com or on Facebook, The Transedge Church. You may wish to call us on 02-4731-2419. The Transedge, a change is inevitable.